Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, June 11, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the host of E3, Greg Miller. What's up, Blessing Adioye Jr.? Are you prepared? It is E3 weekend. We are in the throes of it. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. We just got done doing Netflix Geek Week, and I feel like between doing Summer Games Fest kickoff yesterday and doing Geek Week today, we've already had the two kind of like ends of E3 where we got like Summer Games Fest kickoff, had awesome announcements, well put together. Netflix Geek Week, chaos, just utter mayhem. And we still got like good tidbits from it. We still got like fun pieces of news that I think we're all excited about. And we're going to talk a lot about that in the actual Roper Report. But we're in it and I feel I, I feel like I'm in it. You know, like, I'm very excited. Yeah. So like, yeah, you, you're, like, you're talking about you've had Summer Games Fest, you've had Netflix. Where will Coke Media fall today at noon? Oh my god i mean do you do you have any idea like are you do you have any expectations for cook media that's happening at yeah noon i i don't i'm excited for a lot of double a games i think that's what you'll be seeing you know i thought it was interesting right when deep silver was like listen we're not going to be there like you're not going to see a saints row you're not going to see any of our other properties there uh which then leads me to believe there's gonna be a lot of other games there but like uh, to what caliber they'll be i think we'll get one like oh my god that's awesome thing at least one oh my god that's awesome thing out of it mm-hmm. i think the rest will probably be double a games that speak to a very specific audience yeah that's what i'm looking forward to for you how are you feeling about uh this coming weekend like both as a host somebody who's hosting e3 <laughs> where are you at there and then also for the rest of the conferences for the rest of the presentations are you getting more excited as we're getting closer uh, yeah, so at the back end of your question, yeah, I, I think right now it's one of those electric feelings, right? And I, I, you know, missed E3 last year. And we had it to an extent with all these different conferences, but it wasn't the same thing. And it definitely, you know, being in a hotel, being in LA, being uh, on site here makes it feel different. But it is that idea of this building energy to this, you know, four-day extravaganza, which again is a six-day extravaganza. But in terms of E3 itself, like, you know, Coke Media, what are we expecting? Some, you know, cool games, some announcements that will speak to some, you know, very specific audiences. But then, you know, it starts hitting of, you know, Gearbox, then Square, then Microsoft, then, you know, Nintendo. Like, what is going to happen at these, the big showcases? And it's one of those where you have to imagine it, those, you know, Bethesda is going to have Starfield, you hope. You know what I mean? Nintendo, are they going to show the Switch Pro? What's going to happen on these things? Like, there are actual opportunities for really big things to happen there that get me super excited for it as just a fan of what e3 is let alone the fact that it's you know all day every day for four days and then as a host yeah i'm super excited i'm anxious to get out there you know we went and did rehearsals on wednesday and it was you know when jackie and i were standing up there rehearsing the intro to the show it was that energy of like this is awesome but i really wish today was friday and tomorrow was saturday and we were going right into it mm. not because we're worried about you know staying loose or staying you know ready to go it's just that energy of being there and i think uh, the presentation for E3 itself is going to catch a lot of people off guard. And then I think, yeah, the caliber of announcements and how the show is actually structured from the E3 side of it is going to keep people entertained. Hell yeah. We're going to keep talking about E3, Greg, because today's stories include even more Elden Ring details, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order releasing next gen, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com. Or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. 
Housekeeping for you, E3 continues on. Uh, the reactions to all of yesterday's Summer Games Fest kickoff events uh, and Day of the Devs are up on YouTube, so you can go check that out if you missed that. And of course, Don't our stop. Gamescast reaction. What's up? How much did you enjoy Day of the Devs? When I was going to bed last night, thinking back on the day, Day of the Devs is the one I went back to. Like, man, that was like, there were so many great games during Day of the, day of the Devs. Yeah. Dude, I, I want to go back and finish the stream because uh, if you watch our live right, reaction, you left. I had to pop out. <laughs> yeah, I had to pop out halfway through so I can, so I can get this uh, fresh-ass haircut. Uh, Ooh, but yeah, because of that... Oh, thank you. Uh, because of that, I did I did uh, miss out on the second half. But the first half of what we did see was actually really cool. It was super awesome yeah. to see uh, Axiom Verge 2. It was super awesome to see uh, Tom, I believe it was called. And there are a few, a few other games there that looked really cool. Like Garden Story, of course, is one that didn't necessarily speak to me, but I know sp will speak to folks like Joey Noel and folks who are into those types of games. And then also uh, there was the, a musical story, I believe is what it's called, which looked really cool. a musical story. I have all my notes here. Yeah, you loved a musical story. We thought that looked great. Uh, what? Yeah, Moonglow Bay stole my heart. I can't wait for that. Mm -hmm. A little fishing game with a whole bunch of different town stuff going on. Yeah, let's go. Hell yeah. Yeah, I want to go back and catch up on that. But uh, if in case you guys haven't haven't checked it out yet, YouTube.com slash games is where you can go to catch up on that. And then, of course, our Gamescast reactions to Summer Games Fest. Breaking down the show bit by bit is up. And so if you're looking for all the details of Summer Games Fest kickoff, go check that out. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily will be basically following up on, you know, more details about things about the bigger things we got. And, of course, stuff that we got uh, over the course of last night and this morning. Uh, but speaking of things going on today... Cook primetime, Coke primetime, Koch primetime. We've been saying Coke. We 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 said Coke? we've been saying Coke, like the Coke brothers, okay. even though we don't the think Coke they're brothers. related. Okay, okay, okay. Coke primetime reactions are happening later today. Like Greg said, that's happening at noon Pacific time. Remember, we'll be reacting to all of the big presentations all weekend long right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. I believe the plan is to basically be live all day during the the e3 days and so on even even during the times where there's not a presentation you might be able to catch us playing some Warzone or some knockout city especially because it's double xp weekend and so let's go oh, with yeah that. um <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be a party all day long all weekend long and so make sure to tune in right here twitch.tv slash kind of funny games for all the shenanigans thank you to our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack today we're brought to you by honey caviar and credit karma but i'll tell you about those later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Ah, Baker's Dozen. Now, of course, yesterday, the biggest announcement that we got out of Summer Games Fest was Elden Ring. All right, we got a new trailer. We got gameplay. We got a new date. January 21st, 2022. We're all hyped about it. Coming off of that, we've got some more details regarding Elden Ring and what you, what you can expect. Uh, and joining us, joining me and Greg to talk about those details, we got the one, the only, twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Andy, are you there? How's it going? I'm fantastic. How are y'all doing this morning? Good to see y'all. I hope y'all doing well. Good to see well. you too, man. Good doing well. You, doing Andy. really well. Do you want to turn on your now, camera, Andy? I'm going to... No. Yeah, Andy, do you want to just do you want to just pre-order me the pizza you're gonna owe me when they delay Elden Ring? Elden Ring will not be delayed. I once again, just like on yesterday's stream, I, I said it in front of thousands of people, Greg. I said four thousand of you all, four thousand of you all are here wow. right now. I will bet Greg right now a pizza that the January twenty second, twenty first date is going to happen. Thousand percent, no doubt about it. Put it on your grave, Greg Miller. Put it on your fucking grave. And then I'll be eating pizza on your fucking stupid ass grave, too. 
Well, here's what also, you know, uh, the coward of the county, Tamor Hussein, who's hiding in chat, but too cowardly to come on the show right now and talk about Elden Ring, texted me and said to stop putting uh, Elden Ring delay energy into the world. Don't do this to us. And then he said, and I'll screenshot it for the record. If it's delayed, I will get all of you pizzas. So, wow. wow. Well, shoot. There you man. Go. I'm, shoot, I might get a pizza, too. I might get a pizza yeah. as well. <laughs> the the um, pizza you get for the delay you can send to me. Pass on. When, when it comes thing, to I the... When it comes to the stuff behind the scenes, though, we do know that it has kind of just been internally delayed behind the scenes several times, I believe, at least like two or three times. Mm. I don't know if Tamor has been hearing the same things, but like just because it hasn't been publicly delayed, don't think that that doesn't mean that they haven't been internally delaying stuff because I believe the sure. game was supposed to come out this year. Yeah. No delays. Well, there will be no delays. Thank oh, you. Oh, there he Tam. is. That's Tamor Hussein from Gamespot. Uh, Tim, how much time? Do you, how much time do you have to stick around? Because I'm going to go through some of these details. And be I'm here, baby. I'm here with you. He's here, here, baby. Now, before I even get into it, I will say, I I consider myself on on Andy and Tam's side of like the hype machine, right? I'm very excited for Elden Ring. Sure. I can't wait to get it. But like, I I think Greg's Greg's on the money here. I think this game is going to get delayed. I don't think we see. For the January. record. For the record, from the presentation yesterday, I thought that looked great. I want to play the game. This isn't me being just like talking shit to talk shit. I just don't think they'll hit the date. Yeah. Why? Why yeah. do you think that? Because Jason Schreier put delayed. it out there? Because no, I said Khan it before Schreier even tweeted. I said it before Schreier even tweeted, which now means all the minds of the industry are saying it's going to be delayed. In the minds. Us, Greg Miller, it's, you are a force for positivity. Also. You're a force for positivity. You're always trying to uplift the community. There's no negativity about a delay. There's why, no negativity. Why, why are you taking this away from us? Like, help us by You're putting not. positive energy out I, If anything, you know what I'm trying no. to set? Realistic I expectations. I hope Ghostbusters gets delayed. I it's, hope Ghostbusters gets delayed multiple times now. I hope it gets delayed again. Listen, Miyamoto had the quote. Miyamoto had the famous quote where he said, Delay your shit because we're tired yeah. of these games coming out broken. All right, that was Yo, if this game's gonna said. be broken. Delay that bitch. Is what and that's the said. thing, right? It's a, yeah. if it gets delayed, that's a good thing because that means that means they're not allowing a bad product to get out there, right? Like, it's not like they're, they're they're not out here putting out the Cyberpunk 2077s of the world. You know what I mean? From you know software I mean? putting out a bad product. Imagine. Yeah. So Andy Andy exactly. said it earlier. Exactly. Andy said it earlier, but rumbling and what uh, from everything I've heard, that game was supposed to be out ages ago. Like and in a lot of ways, was ready to come out ages ago. So if it does get delayed, I'd be very, very surprised. I mean, I'm slightly drinking my own Kool-Aid, Flavor-Aid. Um, I was going to say Kool-Aid, but it's incorrect because the actual uh, drink that was used was Flavor-Aid. So people often get that mm. wrong. But if you're a you know aficionado of true crime, then is, you know what that. What is sure. Hydrox <laughs> Hydrox cookies came before Oreos, but nobody cares about Hydrox. All right, we just exactly. we give it to the brand marketing. <laughs> yeah, but like it's uh, from what I've been led to believe, it's in decent shape. So I would be surprised, like if 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 they're like, oh man, we need to delay it for another six months or two months, whatever mm. it may be. I feel like it's solid. What kind of covid messed with a lot of things and then i imagine a significant portion of it was also like how do you market that game 
in in the current world it's not easy to do right like, and those games more than any need extra marketing because we care a lot about them but outside of our sphere of gaming it's hard to make that stuff sing that's why for like previous dark souls games they've had like celebrities come out and be like oh i really love this 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 dark souls game at peter Sir- i remember going to an Paris event Hilton. for dark souls and exactly peter serafinowitz <clears throat> i was at at an event for Dark Souls, and Peter Serafinowicz was standing at the wrong end of the of the event hall, and I we were both there, and we were like, "How do we get in?" But we could hear the noises of Dark Souls coming from beyond a wall, so I had to mm. give Peter Serafinowicz a leg up over a wall so he could climb over and get into the Dark Souls event. That man is tall and very large. Why didn't he give me the leg up? That's all I'm saying, Peter. You should have boosted me over the wall. You lazy wow, mother. Didn't expect him to be. That's like a left turn. Serafinowitz. You don't know Peter Serafinowitz? No. <laughs> you know Peter Serafinowitz. He's the you tick. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was Darth Maul's voice. Um, you know Peter Serafinowitz. He's Sarah... in Dark Souls too. Well, while Greg Fitowitz. picks this up, I want to. I'm going to pull in uh, what Matt Kim had to say from IGN, because uh, as a reminder, of course, Elden Ring was revealed yesterday. Since then, we've got more details. Matt Kim writes this. Elden Ring Rises. After a two-year-long vow of secrecy, Elden Ring premiered a new gameplay trailer as well as an announced a January 21st, 2022 release date for consoles and PC. Bandai Namco, who's publishing Elden Ring for From Software, has released a new fact sheet that dives deeper into the gameplay trailer we saw today as part of the big reveal. That includes several key points about the world From Software and George R.R. R. Martin have cooked up together. According to the fact sheet, Elden Ring is set to be FromSoft's largest game to date. While FromSoft's Soulsborne games have always had a sense of scale to them, the trailer for Elden Ring looked to take things to a whole new level. The player character has to traverse this land by horseback to get around, which is a first for for any Souls title. Snuck into a press release, Elden Ring will also have, quote, a natural a natural weather and time of day uh, progression. Uh, while night and day and various moon cycles have featured in From Software games in the past, they have always been marked by specific encounters or instances. In Bloodborne, for example, a changing a changing of the moon cycle was permanent, but in Elden Ring, it appears night and day, and even specific weather conditions can come and go dynamically. The fact sheet has shared a couple of different locales and biomes players will encounter in Elden Ring. This includes grassy plains, suffocating swamps, spiraling mountains, foreboding castles, and other sites of grandeur uh, on a scale never seen before in a From Software title, end quote. Uh, I want to bring in one more bit that's from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle, who writes about how Elden Ring will feature online multiplayer for up to four players. In a fact sheet distributed on Thursday following the the debut of a new Elden Ring trailer and the announcement of a January 2022 release date, the developer's docs listed the support for online multiplayer. And a press release stated that players will be able to traverse on foot or horseback, alone or online with friends across grassy plains, suffocating swamps, and lush forests. Timur Hussein, you're the person who I believe is the most hype I've ever seen for Elden Ring. All right, you got, mm-hmm. you got mad hype for that Elden Ring. What does all this do for you? Are you excited about four-player co-op online in an open world? Yeah, I am massively excited about this. Like, co-op is something that is... So what I'm excited about is I feel like From Software might be starting to understand that co-op is a big part of their games now, and as a result, will make the barrier to achieving that a little easier. Like, most part, like, we've had... We've had co-op in previous games, but... 
it's obtuse it's really difficult to get it working if it's pvp it's all it's like really hard to make that happen if it's cooperative you need to find summon signs and you know like you you guys remember how difficult or tricky it was for us to get in the same place for bloodborne when i was helping you yeah. guys and that's just it's menus and weird crap like that so my hope is like that they understand that by thinking about uh co-op as a core part of their game they will also streamline the process a bit more there's more things in that trailer that make it interesting like they show the uh at one point a character picking up like what looked like a cosmic cube and breaking it and then a character appears and i don't know what the implications of that is but it's starting to make me think of like the the pawn system in Dragon's Dogma, which could be like in my mind, backseat designing. I'm like, oh shit, I could summon like Greg could play or Blessing could play and have their character. And then I could summon them using that item and Greg doesn't have to be there or you don't have to be there. Blessing. Yeah, it's like my their ghost character. or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it works kind of, and it does feel like the evolution of the ghost spirit stuff. And, and they do a similar thing in Neo. So that stuff is really, cool. really cool. Um, and like giving people the opportunity to play with each other easier just means making more making it easier to get people into it like if we can get more folks you know from kind of funny playing like we could feasibly get nick in a crew for example and he's not someone who's going to be into bloodborne or, or any of the souls games but if there's three of us and him like he's and it's easy to get him in surely more likely mm. to be into that sure yeah I want to talk about the the time of day progression and the whole weather system because I think that's fascinating for a from software game because as the as the article mentioned right in something like Bloodborne or in other Souls games like uh, time of day changing usually means something that usually means that the game is shifted uh, uh, into a different instance that usually means that there's something narratively that's go that's going on in the world of the game. This being link, uh, link the blood moon rises. Link. Exactly. Exactly. Link. This being the case uh, that there's going to be more of a an ongoing uh, uh, time of day progression, I think is really cool. I think that speaks to it being a more vast world and open world. You know, they also talk about it being from software's uh, uh, biggest game to date uh, in terms of scope. And so I wonder, like the, the the thing that this gets me excited about specifically would be the idea that hey, maybe at nighttime, like certain things and th certain things in the game changes, right? Like certain certain events might only be able to happen at night certain events might only be able to happen during rain or there's something narratively that ties into oh no okay so like at this time of day during in the world of elden ring that's when the fucking i don't know aliens come down and consume the land <laughs> or some shit <laughs> because that's all from software things does that do for anything for you guys or do you guys have that sort of expectation for it uh, i want to talk to andy about that it's interesting for me because the I feel like the world that From Software puts out um, in a lot of their games, it, it, there's so many times you're like, I'm in a place that doesn't exist. There's no real, like, I don't know if it's daytime or nighttime. The sky is pink. So, like, who even knows what's happening right now? No rhyme or reason, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so what I would imagine, I mean, I think it would be really cool, and I wouldn't put it... Um, I wouldn't put it past from software to have the dungeons that you will be, you know, venturing towards throughout this big open land. I wouldn't put it past them to have the time of day have big implications on what happens in the dungeons, maybe gameplay wise. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I also feel like they may want those sort of boss dungeon sections to be really handcrafted. And maybe the time of day doesn't affect that. Maybe it only affects the open world that you're running throughout and then when you get to the dungeons, it's a very sort of scripted look and scripted vibe. Hey, 
this yeah. area wouldn't really work at 11 a.m. It needs to be dark and dreary and scary. Um, mm-hmm. But I do see the open world having these large sort of implications when it comes to time of day. I think that I'm sure they s- saw what Breath of the Wild has done and maybe want to, you know, invoke some of those, uh, you know, cool little systems and put that into the gameplay. I'm stoked for it. It's nothing that I was expecting. I was not expecting that. I usually think that they like to have a very handcrafted experience with how their world looks. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what sort of creative uses they could uh, use it for. Yeah, to to like quick. Quickly even in. as an oh, outsider, sorry. right, to the franchise, right? Like, I think that's what gets exciting. Because, yeah, I do think if you're doing time of day, there's going to be stuff to it. And then it becomes that question of, yeah, what time of day do you need to be in this tunnel for this thing to spawn, for that thing to be a door to go over here and find this secretive thing? Yeah, like you talk about the mystery of Souls games too, right? And, like, in Bloodborne, you can find NPCs that'll give you quests. And a lot of it hmm. is very, like, shrouded in mystery and like okay how how in the world am i supposed to do this i could see that time to a time of day as well of like hey i need you in the dead of night to go over here and kill this person for me and that'll activate some in-world event like i think that provides the opportunity for that to happen but tomorrow uh what were you gonna say yeah i was gonna say i from a lot of what i've seen it feels like a both an amalgamation and an evolution of a bunch of ideas from various souls games and i feel like Andy's right in that um, I feel like this is going to apply to the overworld. Again, I am like uh, I am high on Elden Ring and I'm thinking very much like what would I do? And the thing that I think that From Software has experimented with in the past and then didn't really come back to, but I feel like it's time is due again, was World Tendency from Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. That was an incredibly obtuse part of the game where the way you behaved would impact what the things that you saw i feel like they could do something really cool by adapting that for time tendency where it is very much that in the overworld timing and where you behave could act you could you know you could get access to different parts of the world and there's also like quest lines that are um really difficult to progress in the souls games unless you know where to be at the right time and you know what conditions will make that happen if they linked quest lines and and uh world tendency into time of day progression they could kind of make this really cool um system where you're seeing more different parts of the world and progressing characters at the same time just through the passage of time so i would love to see that like world mm-hmm. tendency stuff come back now in the in the um the uh article they also mentioned grassy plains suffocating swamps spiraling mountains foreboding castles and other sites of grandeur on a scale we've never seen before in a from software title uh tam for you like how does the how does the setting speak to you i think the thing that is really fascinating for me is there's always a so the so the from software's games they always have a diversity of for lack of a better phrase biomes um they're not traditional biomes in in the way that we'd think of in most other games but they have you know some somewhere like you know ashina proper in sekiro to fountainhead palace that's very very different in style right um but there's always like a theme a thread an aesthetic thread that carries it from throughout yeah um, like this in, area you're only walking on dead bodies That's yeah the exactly here. yeah exactly but like underneath yeah. that all like yarnum is always yarnum the world of bloodborne always feels like bloodborne the interesting thing about this is it looks like five different games at five different times in that trailer and it's just like aesthetically so diverse and that's super exciting but what i'm what makes it more exciting is like how are they going to tie all that together because they will try and i know that you know that's what miyazaki loves to do and that is going to be like 
that is pure full fuel for looking into item descriptions, figuring things out for people that love to dig into lore and make videos, the Vatis of the world. Like that's just that just looks like the most exciting thing. And that's what I'm excited about as well. Like there's so much to check out in that world, open world, and then like the dungeon stuff, the diversity of scenes, and then how it all gets tied together. That's going to be so cool to dig into. That's like a year's worth of like uh, <laughs> content to dig into. Yeah. Andy, do you feel the same about the setting? Uh, does, does, is when I, when I say stuff King swamps, does that sound? Oh, like sure. A, it sounds uh, about right. Thing? It yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Like there's always, as I was playing through, demon souls and dark souls and just having everybody in chat saying like oh wait till he gets to this place well he wait till he gets over here there's always a swamp level it always fucking sucks you always <laughs> hope you have the one item that helps you run through the mud and the sludge a lot faster that way you're not super slow and all these faster enemies are coming after you it sounds about right i'm not too surprised by having these weird biomes the one thing i was noticing in the trailer was just those those larger kind of POI set pieces that I don't know if those are necessarily going to be in the overworld. Those look to be a bit more boss focused. Like this yeah, is, exactly. this is the arena that you are fighting the boss and that's why it looks this way. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too surprised by all the other stuff. I, I also want to point out just kind of on a tangent that it's, it, I think back to the game awards where the, most anticipated game voted by the fans was Elden Ring and everybody on Twitter is what the fuck is Elden Ring and why is it losing to <laughs> every other game they're yeah, mentioning like Breath God of the Wild 2, God of War Ragnarok yeah Elden Ring won that vote and then to see the audience and see Twitter react to what the f why who what is this and I hope that they saw yesterday just the excitement in the Jeff Keighley's voice hearing his voice trembling as this has been something he's been waiting for. Um, I ended up looking at the, um, I, uh, I saw some of Jeff Grubb's podcast over on his YouTube channel, which I, I recommend to go watch. He talked about, I the... don't, don't, I don't recommend that. <laughs> oh shit. I'm oh, contractually yeah. obliged to recommend it. Yeah. Ah, contractually it. obliged. Yeah. Uh, it, over at a uh, youtube.com slash Jeff Grubb's game. I don't know what his fucking channel is called though. Like, I don't know. Just look for Jeff Grubb's it's, game. It's, Jeff Grubb. By the way, as you're going, Greg, Jeff Grubb, you're in the chat. Part. Come on in. Tell us what your channel's called. It's Jeff called Grubb's Big, game it's called big Head. I don't care. Uh, on YouTube. But he, he mentioned that the reason that this showed up here and not on uh, the Xbox conference, which, you know, apparently Xbox was trying to get them again for their conference that maybe they kind of wanted to be a bit more platform agnostic and just kind of show up in a presentation with a bunch of other, you know, platform agnostic games. So um, that's why we didn't see it at the Xbox conference, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, Greg, for you, somebody who who played through Bloodborne and really yeah. enjoyed Bloodborne, but you, I don't think you consider yourself like a huge Souls person. Correct. For you, what can what what is it that you want Elden Ring to do to bring you in even deeper? I would say give me more of a upfront narrative for what i'm doing and why i'm doing it no nope, give sorry. me that kind of connection <laughs> you're sorry that's not gonna happen immediately <laughs> no, that's not gonna be the thing like that's i like chance. this idea of these you know grassy plains suffocating swamps spiraling mountains foreboding castles like what is the thing what is the breadcrumb trail why am i out there doing it again if i'm just dropped in there and i have a horse and i can ride around and fight all these different things that's cool but i won't feel like the pressing need to keep going probably mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen welcome to the call Jeff Grubb. Jeff, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you guys doing? That game looked pretty good, right? 
Yeah, mm. pretty it nice. Pretty it looked pretty aight. <laughs> it looked, it looked sick. Excited. I, I I think the best part still was just Jeff Keeley absolutely almost losing his mind just getting to announce it though. That was uh, maybe the highlight of E3 so far. You could feel the passion yeah. and love behind it. I was like happy for him, but happy for all of us. Like it was just such a cool thing to see somebody just who loves video games who's like, here it is. I'm so stoked for you to see this finally. It's yeah. here. It was awesome too because I don't. I feel you don't see Jeff Keighley like that that often. Like you, you can always tell that he's a guy that really enjoys video games and is passionate about the things that he do, that he does and that he gets to do. But you know, oftentimes I lose sight of the fact that you know it's it's him doing the shit, right? Like it's him putting together these shows and so much of that falls back on him and the work he does, the networking he does, and the and, and the way that he makes those connections. And to see him like in that moment, getting that excited and that hyped to be able to announce Elden Ring and knowing how much that audience has been looking forward to that announcement. I thought was a really cool thing, but Jeff, for you, where are you at with the Eldering announcement? Like, you know, give us, give us your lay down. Yeah. I, I thought it was very well done. I thought they, uh, the trailer was maybe more substantial than I thought it was going to be. I, I'm like, oh, you know, Jeff has it, but like, what is it really going to look like? Is it just going to be like a quick thing or something? No, it was like a full trailer that kind of gave us a, some new insights into the world. And uh, I don't know, I, I thought it looked like the, uh, the culmination of like everything that From's doing. Like it's got this, it definitely is like a, a Dark Souls success, successor, but there's like Sekiro stuff. Like there's a lot of Sekiro flavor in there that I was really driving with. Um, but yeah. I, I just think overall, I think the, like the big takeaway for me was, you know, why did it end up at, at Jeff Keighley's thing instead of the Xbox thing. I don't think there's going to be anything at the Xbox thing. Uh, we were trying, like, we were trying to put two, two, two and two together on the podcast yesterday, and we think that maybe there is something to uh, maybe developers are maybe afraid of upsetting Sony. Mm -hmm. I think the the big thing there is like, you know, you looked at what happened to Cyberpunk uh, because Cyberpunk when Cyberpunk partnered with Xbox and then messed up, it was a very easy decision for Sony to be like, get out of here. We don't want to deal with you. But if it if uh, if they hadn't made that deal, maybe they would have been treated a little bit better is kind of the yeah. thinking we have. Now, Jeff, to interrupt you, I want to bring in a question from Hark It's Mark over on Patreon.com slash kind of funny games to ask about this exact thing. Uh, Hark It's Mark wrote in to ask, what's up, KFGD crew? Elden Ring is real. We live in the good timeline. I'm very excited for the future, uh, kind of, the future kind of funny content uh, uh, once it releases. Scuttlebutt around the interwebs is that Microsoft wanted to reveal Elden Ring and was willing to offer a lot for it, but a certain Japanese competitor didn't want the game at a Microsoft event. What do you think of this rumor? And do you think this is uh, this is a legit pocket where Jeff Keighley and Summer Games Fest can exist alongside E3 as a sort of neutral ground? Thanks, Hark, it's Mark. Jeff, yeah, can you, uh, so circling back, right? Like, where did this rumor come from? Is there any, do you think there's any validity to this rumor? And what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's fair to characterize it as a rumor right now. And I, I think it's, um, there's no like direct evidence that that's what happened. I just think it's circumstantially, that seems like that's probably what is happening here because uh, the way these deals work is, is uh, Bandai Namco and From made this trailer and Microsoft was just going to straight up pay them money for this trailer to show it at E3. And Bandai Namco said no to that, said no to the money. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then. I do not believe like there was no uh, PlayStation or Xbox stinger at the end of that trailer. There, there is there doesn't seem like there is a co-marketing deal right now. So it's not like Sony paid them. So 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 then what happened there? And and then you see, OK, it did go to Jeff Keighley. You know, we look at the, the caliber of games that ends up at Jeff Keighley's thing. He puts on a good show. I thought he did a really good job. But um, when a big a game this big that everyone wants ends up there, I think you can sur surmise that it ends up there because Jeff Keighley, as you put it, Blessing, is he's filling this niche of like, 
he is not associated with Xbox. He is not associated with PlayStation. He's not associated with E3, which has kind of an Xbox association. So if you are trying to remain platform agnostic, Jeff Keighley is going to, uh, you know, offer up that platform for you, and it's going to work out, you know, a little bit better. If you're just trying to say, hey, we're coming out to everything. We're not playing favorites. We're not even going to take money from one of these companies right now. Uh, so please don't get mad at us, Jim Ryan. Yeah. I, I, I well, think Jeff Grubby Grub. My question then becomes, what about why not debut this at the Bandai Namco thing you're doing at E3, that they're doing their own presentation? Yeah, no, I think that, but I think that's it. I think that the E3 has an association with Xbox, or at least a perception that maybe Sony will see it as related to xbox because xbox is there in e3 part of e3 and uh if you're going to show there show it at e3 maybe that's even close enough where you're, you're worried about it and jeff Keighley is like definitely platform agnostic he is definitely not associated with xbox or just playstation or just nintendo he's had everybody on his stage and people realize that he is not coming down from one of these companies like he's not getting sponsorships from microsoft um it, you know i guess the biggest thing he's going to do the game awards at the microsoft studios so I, I guess that's like the biggest association he has but i think overall i think he just presents himself as in the middle and not associated with anybody and that was uh, what bandai namco wanted i think that's specifically what they wanted there's also the question of like which one's got the clout like Bandai Namco who's compared the the potential viewership between the Game Awards or Summer Games Mess and and the Bandai Namco press conference at a certain point executives sit down and go if we're going to market this game which of these two are we putting it at no one's going let's put it at our own showcase and that's it unless they want to tease it in a big way ahead of time they're putting it like and as we all know jeff's ability to bring in people outside of gaming is i mean ryan reynolds was on the show Giancarlo esposito was on mm -hmm. the show that's that's, really that's like point, the yeah. wider world is looking at it and like we said earlier the these games traditionally they put a little more effort into marketing it they don't need to market it to gamers that's the gamers are buying it they market mm -hmm. it to people outside of it which is why fucking parrot Peter Serafinowitz, me giving him a bunk over the wall again. I'll never. Wait, Pete him. from Shaun of the Dead. If you would have said you gave Pete from Shaun of the Dead a bounce over the wall, I would understand. He was. What you're he yeah, was the yeah, guy. Sure. The, he was the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy that went. Yeah, Guardians I know the, the, the Dick Galaxy. message guy. You're not Dick yeah. message guy. The guy who went up there in the Nova Corps. I understand that now, but that was a yeah, weird one. He's clearly yeah, Pete. That's what everybody knows. Him. But back to this, <laughs> I, I, that makes sense, and that's the traditional E3 move, I guess, of like you know, hey, we're going to debut something at one of the bigger shows and then put it into a smaller show. That makes sense to yeah. me in terms of. I don't. I don't buy the. I don't buy uh, Jeffy Grub Grub here's uh, messaging that he thinks that debuting it in Bandai Namco would have been seen as something too much in line with Xbox for E3. But yeah, I do I, buy that. Like, that it's I a question know. between I, if you go with Summer Game Fest or Xbox, where do you debut it to then drive eyes to Bandai Namco's presentation? Right. That, that I don't know. But I, I do know that they were looking for Jeff Keighley because he was console agnostic. I know that was the reason. I know that Bandai Namco... Like, this is my reporting. Bandai Namco turned down money from Xbox specifically and went with Jeff Keighley because he was console agnostic. That's all mm -hmm. stuff that I that I am confirming. Like, what, what is the motivation behind those choices? That I don't know. That is where I'm speculating. Why would they do that? Um, and, and so, yeah. But if anyone has answers, I would love to hear them. But all that stuff, yeah, that I can confirm, yeah. I can confirm yeah. that's what's happening. That, that, and I, and yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, we know Microsoft has been super on top of Elden Ring. Like, we had that interview right. with Phil Spencer a little while back, and he casually mentioned that he'd been playing it. But he has been, I, I know that Microsoft has been very much trying to court them to, to, to get that. They, yeah, they need, to, they basically have created this scenario where they need a cyberpunk again. They need the Keanu Reeves moment, like a, a big mm -hmm. thing. 
um, and Elden Ring is the biggest thing right now. So mm-hmm. makes and sense. I, I mean, I think it, I think it could be like a number of things also, right? Like I think it could be what Jeff is saying and a little bit of what Tam has mentioned before. And I do think there's power in being able to go, okay, we could announce this at our own stream at a Bandai Namco presentation, or we could put this in a presentation with Giancarlo and uh, Ryan Reynolds and this Borderlands game that they're announcing and have Elden Ring be the main event of that stream. And that is going to that is going to do something more for Elden Ring than maybe having it on our own stage or even having it on Microsoft stage 100%. alongside a Halo mm-hmm. Infinite and Bethesda and Starfield. Like you're not the main event in that stream. Whereas on Jeff Keighley's stage, would you would be the main event and you would yes. get to own uh, even multiple days of a news cycle as opposed to going up on Sunday and maybe not being the biggest thing that day. I think the yep. strategy there. Yep, that, uh, that, Jeff, that's a good point. I still think that you mm-hmm. know they turned down money and they still would have been like a big thing Xbox. And I think it's weird, but honestly. The game's going to come out and we're all going to play it and forget about all this stuff. I just think it's it's interesting, these uh, industry politics and how they end up uh, affecting like the shows. And we make it such a big deal out of these shows. So it's, in, try, it's interesting trying to figure out how they come together. But honestly, once we get the game, I, I won't even remember this, let alone anyone else. It's going to come out. And it, and it's gonna come and and uh, and Andy will not need to send Greg a pizza because it's gonna come out on time. Well, that's my last question. Oh, Greg will go hungry. Okay, don't worry about it. Don't my worry. I'll be, eat, I'll be eating Jeffy. a pizza on January twenty first. Playing same, Jeffy bro, Grub, same. Yeah. Jeffy Grub Grub. Does this game get delayed? Yes. I'm sorry, Tamora. I left. I left. What a like smart the, man, can, Jeff Grub is. What a smart voice, man, Jeff like, Grub is. You're just like it's gonna come out, and I can tell you, even you don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> let me have. Just let me believe. I this need to a, believe. This guy's a fucking clown. Let's, let's, come on. <laughs> I, I, it just, they 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 wanted to get this game out this year. Absolutely, it got pushed in 2022, and January 2022 is just not enough time. They they were having issues with the last gen versions. That is their focus, but the last gen versions still causing them trouble, and it's. It's just not enough time. They're gonna delay it. Yeah. This is all Sorry, true. Man. This is all. This is all true. But I refuse to acknowledge a delay until. No, thank you. Until have a little not faith. Acknowledge it. I'm not like gonna I acknowledge s- it. Like I said in the E3 happiness. predictions. If you if you don't look the monster in the eyes, it's not yes. there. That's right. Yeah. There's nothing underneath your bed, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of Hidetaka Miyazaki. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Cortez, Jeff Grubb, Tamor Hussein, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have this Elden Ring conversation, as I'm sure many people will be looking forward to. Uh, but for now, Please. of course, you can go over to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. Uh, but if you're listening to this right now, that means you didn't. So here's some ads. This episode is brought to you by Caviar. Loving good food doesn't necessarily mean you're able to cook well. If you want a great meal but need a little help, let the restaurant come to you. Caviar can help. How often do you get the best of both worlds? If you want a chef-cooked meal but don't want to leave your, the comfort of your own home, Caviar can make it happen and make it happen for me very, very often. I thank them very, very much. Caviar is the food delivery app for people that are into good food. They bring the best local restaurants directly to your doorstep. Uh, Caviar keeps it local. That's what's really cool about them all the hidden gems in your neighborhood they're on caviar trust me all my favorite taquerias yeah they've been delivered to me thanks to caviar not sure what you want to eat let caviar's staff picks recommend the best spots in your neighborhood to find your new favorite and just for you guys caviar is offering ten dollars off an order of twenty dollars or more all you have to do is put in the offer code kind of funny at checkout remember that's ten dollars off a purchase of twenty dollars or more with offer code kind of funny download the caviar app and use the code kind of funny come on guys ten dollars off that's awesome uh next up honey 
If you want to save money, you better be using Honey Baby. We all shop online and we've seen the promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands, even food delivery. I always talk about this. Everything from Best Buy to Etsy, you're saving money using Honey. I have saved so much money. Kind of funny is saved so much money just by installing it once. It's so easy. It's in your browser and then it does all the work. When you check out, it just applies coupons. You're saving money. It's free. Why wouldn't you use this? Uh, if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It just takes a few seconds to install. It's so easy. Go to Honey. Go to joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games to get Honey for free. Joinhoney.com games. And finally, Let's talk about Credit Karma Money. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back into your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members. Members and counting. Uh, right now, you can visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVP Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Now it's time for story number two. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order next-gen release is out today. Fuck. This comes from a press release. Yes. Today, Respawn Entertainment, Electronic Arts, and Lucasfilm Games are excited to announce the next-gen release of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X slash S consoles. This will be a free cross-generation upgrade to current owners of the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game and is available at digital and physical retailers for $39.99. Since the game's initial launch, more than 20 million players worldwide have played the critically acclaimed Star Wars story of Cal Kestis across all consoles, platforms, and subscription services. With this next-gen release, there's never been a better time to take up a lightsaber and become a Jedi. This next-gen release provides the best possible way to experience Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on consoles, bringing the following technical improvements. You got higher resolution textures and assets, 4K slash HDR resolution, improved 60 FPS performance, and significantly faster loading times. Uh, and then this one specifically for Greg, uh, all your trophies slash achievements that were unlocked in the previous generation version of the game will unlock on the next gen version if you transfer your save. Craig, now, blessing, how there's been pandemonium about this. All right, some kids were on my Twitter when I tweeted about it this morning saying it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. It seems to be that if you load your save, start up this thing, you have to go to a medita meditation point. You meditate there, and that should pop all your trophies, and you should be ready to go. Uh, blessing, how excited am I? How stoked am I about this? Very. This is awesome. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it happened like I said it would, that it would just be announced, be out right away. That's fantastic. Give me the point for the E3 predictions episode. But it's actually kind of a heartbreaker because it is a game that I would replay for the Platinum. And so I do have this th question in my head of, do I start from scratch and not actually load my save and not actually pop all the trophies? And of course, I won't. That's something I'm questioning right now. But as soon as I get home, I'm going to load the save and get another Platinum. But then it's like, 
I do want to play some of this and I do want to see what it looks like in 4K HDR, 60 frames a second. Like what a great game this is, let alone with all the improvements and now, you know, a next gen version of it. Yeah. When the game came out on PS4, I remember playing through it, absolutely loving it. But my biggest issue with it was how it ran and all the bugs. Yeah. You know, yeah, the performance yeah. of the game was not good at all uh, at launch. And it coming to next gen, uh, it's going to be great to see because you're going to have the performance mode. You're going to have uh, all these upgrades, all these enhancements. And I think it's going to make it a way better game. And so I'm excited to jump back into it and experience it for that. My question for myself is like, when am I going to jump into it? Because right now there are games galore coming out. I do yeah, not have the, the time whatsoever to play this game because you got, you know, not only are we coming off Ratchet and Clank and I'm still trying to platinum Ratchet and Clank, but we also got things like Guilty Gear Strive that I want to play. We got uh, Chicory uh, that's been getting really good reviews. I want to check that out. Uh, Stonefly, so got to get back to you. There are hella games. Mario motherfucking golf this month. Son. Dude, come on. That is now. right around the corner. It is it is already June 11th, and that game comes out in what, like a week? Uh, yeah, the 20s, I thought, right? Isn't that the date on it? I think it's the week weeks? after E3. It's the week after E3, I think. Let me, I'm booting okay. my calendar here. 25th, I think, yeah? Yeah, the, way, the, 25th, the 25th, June 25th. 25th. Yeah, so, and yeah, so like that's, that, 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 that's, I think it, it, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order conversation is just like Spider-Man Remastered. When Spider, mm-hmm. when I played through Miles Morales, I then started up Spider-Man on PS5, right? And had a great time for hours and then they patched in the save. So I went and got my trophies and then I was like, I'll still finish the game. And then what happened? I played for a couple more days and then something happened. Another game dropped and I've never had time to go back to Spider-Man Remastered. So I really mm-hmm. do think it'll be that I sync up my trophies and probably start a playthrough to see how it feels, see how it looks, enjoy that game because I, I i love fallen order so much but i doubt i'll actually roll credits on it again do you think this might be teeing up an announcement of fallen order 2 at ea play god i hope so right that is the hope that yeah we get to ea play in july they run a trailer there teasing it lightsaber boots up we you know get just and that's all it is you know super short teaser letting you know it's happening i do think that sets the stage nicely uh but it is a question i guess really of how far out is it and when does ea want to start teasing it yeah yeah uh greg let's talk about story number three fallout 76 is ditching its battle royale mode this is liam wiseman at ign fallout 76 had a a battle royale mode everybody (laughs) if you didn't know this is your reminder if you you missed this which is very it's which you know very understandable if you missed this yeah there was a battle royale mode uh and yeah it's been ditched but that's the game studios has announced that it will be terminating play for fallout 76's nuclear winter battle royale mode in september as it looks to increase support for other game modes in the multiplayer fallout title Per the latest Inside the, the Vault blog, the reasoning for the decision uh, to shut down Nuclear Winter mainly comes from the mode seemingly losing players over time as they prefer to explore other game modes. The full statement from Bethesda is below. Quote, when we first introduced Nuclear Winter, we were thrilled to watch so many players from our community, as well as many newcomers, dive headfirst into our take on the ruthless last player standing battle royale genre. Over time, however, we've seen the vast majority of players prefer to explore other aspects of the game. It has also become tougher to put put full nuclear winter lobbies together without also making sacrifices on match wait times. Additionally, we found it challenging to provide meaningful updates for nuclear winter while also developing and supporting exciting new content for adventure mode in recent and upcoming updates. With all this in mind, we are currently planning to sunset nuclear winter mode in an update coming this September end quote. This is... A bit of sad news, but also not, I don't think it's surprising whatsoever. You know, the nuclear winter mode came to Fallout 76 when Battle Royale, I think, was still on the rise as a concept. Like, we were seeing PUBG uh, kill it, we were seeing uh, Fortnite kill it, and more and more games were starting to adapt. Battle Royale and Fallout 76 was one of those games uh, earlier on that was like, oh, we can give this a shot, especially because Fallout 76 
as it has been uh what at the time it wasn't doing that well in terms of player base and all this all these different things um and so they released nuclear winter you know and over time it doesn't seem like fallout 76 has done the things that that it's needed to do in order to regain a player base and be able to sustain i think its own game uh let alone a battle royale mode which you need big lobbies for and so not surprising at all uh, uh to see this but you know i think it is it it I think the the one silver lining here is that at the very least, like they're listening and taking steps to update yes. the game in ways that are going to benefit the whole thing. You know, if if the battle royale is a burden on not only like your own development but then also the player base as it makes matchmaking harder, then get rid of it and just focus on what matters. If people aren't flocking to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of shit to talk about Fallout 76 if you want to. And obviously, from their launch, they deserve a lot of it. But it is that idea that they are listening and trying to pivot to what the audience wants, right? And they did have the NPC update. They did put in quests. They are doubling down on that and following what their audience wants. And yeah, clearly, they didn't want Nuclear Winter, and that wasn't something that was there. Uh, what's interesting is a, a wrinkle to this conversation is, you know, of course, you're talking about the, reading this and, like, the player base didn't want it. And people in the chat are like, what player base? Ha, 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 ha. And there obviously is an audience that does play Fallout 76, but I think the more crazy thing if you want to talk about it, is the fact that if you remember when Bethesda Games came to Game Pass, when the deal actually got finalized and everything was set to go, I saw so many people jumping into Fallout 76, right? Uh, Danny, Rihanna, uh, you know, Khalif, I think you did for a little while too, Bless, with yeah. them. But it was that idea that so many people jumped into it and crickets. Like, it's yep. stuff people played and, like, fucked around with for a night or two and then just never came back to. It's 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 not getting that free-to-play, in quotes, free-to-play boost that, you you know, an MMO gets when it, uh, it or usually gets and has an audience. And people are like, oh, no, it is actually fun you're doing it. So many people we know jumped into this. You and me included back on PlayStation, uh, what, last year, where we jumped in and did it for a weekend. And it was just, like, cool and never went back. Yeah, and the the latest time I jumped into it would have been uh, earlier this year, and I was bummed to see that it just didn't have the quality of life things that I think it needed. You know, like after years yeah. of being out, you expect you like you expect them to uh, be at a place now where at least you have the standard stuff figured out. You know, I think there's some charm there because it's Fallout, and Fallout has that inherent charm to it. And sure. they adding in NPCs, adding in uh, a bunch of different stuff. I think it has put it on the track to get toward where they want to be, but still it's not at that place where I think it can, it can keep newcomers in, you know, like all the people I know who play, all, all the people you listed, right. None of us are playing fallout 76 anymore. For me, yeah. the thing, the thing was the fact that like the, the, the quest tracking didn't feel great for partying up with friends. And that's the way you want to sure. play that game is partying sure. up with friends. But if I can't share quests with friends and if I'm going back and doubling back so I can do my quests uh, because it's not tracking well, then like you know you're not gonna you're not gonna keep me in because other game plenty of other games do that way better and I'd rather spend my time playing something like Sea of Thieves or something like uh, uh, like Division or any any other game that that is doing a similar thing but better I'd rather just go there as opposed to spend my time here and not get the the features that I need in this game and so uh, again I guess we'll continue to stay tuned to Fallout seventy six over the years I guess my question for you Greg is like do you, where do you think Fallout seventy six goes from here do you think it dies out do you think there's still um, uh, uh, like, do you think there's anything still there in the tank for them to keep going and maybe keep building? 
Yeah, they put out a roadmap not too long ago that was talking about, all right, cool, we are moving forward with more NPC quests, more things like that. I didn't, I, I'm speaking a bit out of turn, but I do remember them talking about it. I think, you know, you ask what's going on with it, I think you'll find out Sunday. Like, I think, you know, uh, we get the Xbox Bethesda showcase. I do expect you to see a, a Fallout 76 update there that is in line with what we're talking about. Of like, cool, you know, we've done a bunch of things. Here's players have been coming back to it. Here's the next big. And it's probably just a, you know, sizzle reel trailer explaining what exactly is going on but it'll probably talk more in detail about the roadmap and yeah, have it go on. Is it next E3? Are we still talking about Fallout 76? I think at that point, maybe it's a pre-show announcement. And then the year after that, no, no talk about it. Like you have to wonder how long it sticks around and what they do for it. But I think it's been pretty universal, right? Of like, this is not what Fallout fans wanted. And I think you continue to see that be the reverberation of it and why we saw uh outer uh lands right do, or, no outer worlds do so outer, <laughs> outer lands outer wilds yeah. outer worlds outer <laughs> worlds do you know so well and find an audience and why people are stoked for starfield right because hey that is the single player western rpg people want from it and that was what you know fallout 76 did not launch as and even as it's continued to morph even when we went back that weekend and it, it was npcs i remember playing and be like oh man the voice acting's not great. Like, this isn't, like, I'm not, like, wrapped up in this story. I don't feel, oh, like, a really yeah. attachment to these people I'm talking to. It's like, all right, well, it's something to do, but so many other people are doing it better. Yep. To stay on the topic of things that we're going to see this week, story number four, get ready to learn more about Babylon's Fall. Uh, the Babylon's Fall Twitter account tweeted this out this morning. Stay tuned as we reveal more info about the game on Sunday. Uh, if you don't remember Babylon's Fall, I got an article here from Zachary Carnley who breaks down uh, everything you need to know about Babylon's Fall ahead of E3 2021. This is from, from Game Rant. Babylon's Fall is an upcoming action RPG that has a lot of fans excited since its announcement. The game is coming from publisher Square Enix and developer Platinum Games, which by itself garnered a lot of excitement from fans of both companies. The game has been sparse on details thus far, except for a gameplay trailer and a very minor update, but still has enough fans excited about Babylon's Fall heading into E3 2021. Babylon's Fall short E3 2018 teaser trailer shows off a series of impressive art stills alongside bits of lore about the game's world, history, and major events. Setting up a dark fantasy world full of strife and religious intrigue, the first trailer ended with a scene showing a large knight about to strike down a smaller figure. The more diminutive uh, form then reaches out with some kind of energy tendrils to, to disarm and strike down the figure. Uh, Babylon's Fall is one that I'm super excited about. It looks like it's going to be a traditional platinum games game you know the kind of game you expect from them a hack and slash fast-paced game with cool art style uh and so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing more from it i think to note too is in their tweet out in their tweet that they tweeted out this morning uh they had certain letters capitalized uh uh and so you had like it was uh s was capitalized n uh e l i t e s and n um people pointed out that that was that uh was an anagram for sentinels and so you might see things having to do with Sentinels in the game. Is that like get the you best going? Guess. You're looking forward yeah. to this game. Does that get you going? When I read Sentinels, I was like, all right, like that did X Men. That didn't do it. Oh my god! Can you imagine just X Men coming through? They slice out Babylon's fall, and it's actually Cyclops' fall. Let's go. Let's There's go. An X Men game all along. Mar Marvel's Babylon's fall. <laughs> yeah. Does this? I mean, does this game do anything for you? Did you, do you remember watching the trailer a few years ago? No. I'd forgotten all about Babylon's Fall. Completely forgotten yeah. about it. That's why There's I was so thankful for the... Yeah, the, I, I remember people being into it. And that's, you know, like for me personally, Platinum is usually not my my kind of developer. And so I understood why people were into it. And then I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess we'll find out this weekend what's going on. Yeah, super excited to see it. 
Uh, and then last few stories, story number five, Ubisoft is making a bunch of TV shows. This is all announced at Netflix Geek Week uh, during a stream that happened right before this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, where they focused on uh, the video game side of Geek Week. Uh, Ubisoft had a huge presence. Let's start off with Splinter Cell. Uh, there's a Splinter Cell animated series uh, that's going to have, um, or we got our first look uh, at it during Netflix Geek Week. Uh, I'm going to pull from Twitter, where the at Netflix Geeked Twitter account tweeted this. Here's your first look at Splinter Cell animated series, an, an adaptation of the best-selling Ubisoft game. Derek Kolstad, creator of the John Wick franchise, is on board to write the series. Hashtag Geeked Week. Uh, that tweet came with an image, your first look at um, uh, Splinter Cell. Uh, uh, what's his name? What's the dude? What's the dude that everybody loves from Splinter Cell? With Sam the Fisher. Sam, Sam oh. Fisher. Yeah. That's how you describe him? The dude from Splinter Cell with the glasses? <laughs> I knew it was Sam something. Night those are goggles. All right, those are goggles. Night goggles are goggles. a type of glasses. No, <laughs> they're glasses. the same. No, I don't. I don't think. Like, I don't think so. It's like hot so. dog being the same. They're in the same family. I don't. I don't even know that saying. goggles use glass. That can't my, be true. Right? My goggles don't use glass. I think the night vision goggles. These night vision goggles probably have glass on them. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that. I'm just saying, like my night vision goggles, no glass, all plastic. Wow. Mm. This looks cool. I'm looking. Just make to a it. fucking Splinter Cell game. They're not gonna do yeah, it. They don't is, do I, it. If maybe, hopefully, this gets people super excited about Splinter Cell in a general public way, and you make a Splinter Cell game, you just go and make the goddamn Splinter Cell game. I keep pitching. That's just Metal Gear Five. Just do an open world Splinter Cell. You're Ubisoft. You want to do an open world? Just copy Metal Gear Solid Five. Just fucking copy nah, it. And make a Sam Fisher. Send us. It's too much work for them, man. They'd rather just put out Assassin's Creed and uh, Division. Far Cry. They got Far they Cry. Go- they got Far Cry down. Far Cry has a formula that's iterative. Ghost Recon games, they know what that looks like. Assassin's Creed games, they know what that looks like. They're not going to dedicate a whole team to figuring out what the fuck an open world Splinter Cell game looks like. It's Ubisoft. They have the money already. They're good. They're set for life. They got the formula down. Uh, just make Splinter Cell. I, I wanted to. Uh, more from Ubisoft, we got Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix uh, that was revealed. It's being uh, brought to us by Adi Shankar, who we all know and love. Uh, Adi tweeted out a thread uh, breaking down uh, some of what you can expect from Blood Dragon remix. He tweeted this. Breaking news, at Ubisoft allowed me to create a new, a new universe for them that acts as a Blood Dragon remix of all Ubisoft properties. Think Captain and uh, the Game Masters, but good or the bootleg universe short films without copyright infringement. Thank you, Hugo, uh, uh, Helen, or Helene, uh, Gerard, and Claire for allowing this Elseworlds-inspired craziness to happen. Thank you at Netflix for seeing the potential in a cyberpunk dystopia set in 1992. After Castlevania felt, or I felt, it was time to take a big, unexpected bootleg universe pivot. The animation is being done by at Bobby Pills. We've blended a plethora of Bobby art Pills. styles to, del- to deliver a visually distinct nostalgia acid trip. Uh, Mehdi Lefad uh, is our series director. Artist Balak is the creative director of Body, Bobby Pills, uh, also overseeing this production. Um, also, a heartfelt thank you to my writing team, Samuel Lasky, Craig Coyne, and my uh, number two, Alex Larson. Uh, fun fact, Alex calls himself Kid Twist, and Tim Geddes pointed out that Kid Twist is a battle rapper uh, that people like. And so there you go. And this looks cool. You know, like, for, uh, I really this like the awesome. thing. 
Yeah, it looks awesome. I really love Blood Dragon as an idea. You know, we talked about it during the stream that Blood Dragon was originated uh, as Far Cry DLC, but it's been adapted to other Ubisoft things, and they've been using that uh, as like a cool like spinoff series for multiple Ubisoft games. So, games, and so the fact that Audi is just adapting that idea of Blood Dragon and expanding it into like this cool, uh, I guess, cross universe uh, 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 thing for Ubisoft, really cool. Looks really cool. Uh, shout out to Audi. Shout out to this. Got it. Last up, we got a Far Cry Far Cry anime series announced. Uh, we don't know much about it, but we did get a big logo, which is just the Far Cry logo. And this uh, goes back, you know, one of the things they were teasing during the thing was Jeff Keighley, of course, uh, co-hosting this with Rahul and Mari. And was like, oh, man, I wonder which one they're going to, uh, you know, adapt or if it'll be an adaptation, yada, yada, yada. And I was pointing out, of course, that everybody loves Voss, right? And that actor, remember, had said something in recent times of like, oh, maybe you haven't seen the last of Voss. And that's when we all thought he was referring to Far Cry 6, maybe being a prequel and that being little Voss uh, alongside uh, Giancarlo. But it looks like maybe that could be this. Maybe this is where you put Voss into the mix. Yeah. And when you look, when you do look at the image that they put out there for the Far Cry uh, uh, right. uh, series, the image in the background looks like it could take place in that same island from 100%. Far Cry Three. Like it has this, like it has the water, it has the beach, it has like the 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 the, um, the trees, like the the exact setting that you associate with Far Cry Three. Far Cry Three is the setting that you're seeing in the background of the logo, and so that 100%. I think that would be the good way to go. You know, somebody asked during our stream, like, hey, which which Far Cry would you want them to do if they're doing do if they're adapting any of them? And my answer immediately was like, well, I want I'd want them to do something new. The only thing that story wise I'd I'd maybe want them to do would be Voss. You know, Voss is the is the character that I think people love the most from the Far Cry series. And so that would make a lot of sense for them to do that. Yeah. But we'll see on that one. Looks a bit uh, like one last... too, but I'm with you that Voss makes more sense. Yeah. Last one we have here from uh, Netflix Geek Week is WitcherCon. Right, so they had announced WitcherCon during it, but they didn't have many informa much information on it. While we've been live, I got a press release about it, so I tossed this in here, right? Taking place on Friday, July 9th, 2021, WitcherCon is an epic event for Witcher fans old and new, bringing together the worlds of the Witcher video games and the TV series. It will feature a variety of entertaining and interactive panels spotlighting the people who brought the Witcher to life in-game and on-screen. Breaking news, exclusive behind the scenes, and never before seen reveals from across the Witcher franchise. Intimate looks into the creativity and production behind CD Projekt Red's games, including the upcoming mobile game The Witcher Monster Slayer, comic books and fan gear, and Netflix's live action series, uh, The Witcher, plus merchandise, as well as the anime film uh, Nightmare of the Wolf. And then, final thing here is expert explorations into the lore, legends, and monsters in the origins of the continent. It'll be available on both Twitch and YouTube. WitcherCon will first air July 9th, 7 p.m. CEST. Uh, fans will be able to watch WitchCon across two separate streams, uh, with each one ex including uh, exclusive content. The second stream, which also airs on Twitch and YouTube, will begin at 3 a.m. CEST on July 10th. That's super awesome. I'm yeah, waiting I'm for all, Cyberpunk Con. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I... Every time I think about CD Projekt Red now, you know, I think about them with that air of worry to it of like, man, what are they going to do about Cyberpunk? But then you, yeah, then, you know, reminded, right? <laughs> then you get reminded, then you get reminded about how successful Witcher is, and it's like, okay, they'll they're going to be fine, you know, because Witcher three, Witcher three, one phenomenal game, but the Witcher series and franchise and IP at this point is now yeah. bigger than way like, bigger than life, right? Like obviously start off as a book and then turn into a game, but uh, there's so much power in that IP 
in mainstream now, right? It being such a big Netflix thing, it being such For a sure. big uh, game, and it being a thing that so many fans are able to experience on a bunch of different levels uh, makes it this thing that now makes sense to have a con for. Uh, and so that's really awesome. I'm looking forward to checking out some of that. I'm sure many people are. Uh, and so we'll stay tuned for that one. But what do you think it means for the game? Do you, I mean, I know we're trying to get out of here. We have other stuff to do today, let alone the fact that there's the Coke media stream in less than an hour now. But, you know, they do talk about breaking news, exclusive stuff, never before, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, do you think you're going to get a game announcement there? Do you think we see something for another Witcher video game at tease? Do you think we get DLC for Witcher 3? Which I know sounds ridiculous, but remember, of course, when Witcher, the Netflix show was airing, Witcher 3 had the most concurrence it had ever had or whatever. So people are still behind that game. That's a really good question. Because part of me, I mean, Cyberpunk was announced so long ago, right? And so you imagine that for CD Projekt Red, they're fine with having those long tails, those long, uh, that long build of hype. But I wonder, I wonder now that we have Cyberpunk and, and and it is what it is. I wonder if that's changed their mind at all. I wonder if they're in a place where they're like, where they're they're either they're either one or two things, right? I wonder if they're like, okay, no, let's not have that build of hype again. Let's work on things in secrecy and then release stuff when we're ready. Or if it's the flip, where they are like. Cyberpunk is taking hit after hit after hit right now. We gotta give something, uh, give the people something to distract them from, from Cyberpunk. And so let's announce announce uh, something Witcher. Let's announce either a tease for The Witcher 4 or Witcher DLC. I can see it kind of going either way, but my guess would be that if I had to guess, I would guess Witcher DLC at the most. I don't think... At the most, yeah. People in the chat are quick yeah. to point out here. They already said no new games. I need to point out, of course, companies lie all the time so they can surprise you yeah. and then get your money. But uh, yeah, I don't think you'd see the, the game, obviously, full-blown. But I wonder, yeah, if they're going to do anything with the game that already exists to get you to buy it again and have something to go with it. Exactly. And I think it, it, like, even if they put up a logo for The Witcher 4 or just said we're working on Witcher 4, I still think the air of Cyberpunk 2077 makes people hear that and go, totally. I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, do you I think really, do you that. really want to believe? Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think you hold that for maybe a year or two years before, uh, when we're a little bit past this whole Cyberpunk uh, fiasco, or maybe where you've hopefully fixed some of it enough to where people aren't mad <laughs> at you, where you come out and, and then finally you're like, all right, you know, you've all been waiting for it. We're working on The Witcher 4. It exists. Look forward to more information from it in the future. I think you do something along those lines. But Greg, yeah. The Witcher 4 is very, very far away. If I went to what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Today, we got Game Builder Garage for Switch, Guilty Gear Strive for PS4, PS5, and Windows PC, which I really want to play that one. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I got to check my email to see if I got, if I got close for that yet. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for PS5, uh, Wave Break for Switch and PC, and then the Persistence Enhanced for PC and PS5. Actually, Greg, I think I might have asked you about that one. Have you heard anything back from the Guilty Gear people? I'm trying, I'm trying to play that no. Strive. No, Damn. I have not heard anything about, right. back about them. But you have your Game Builder Garage code. You have your Wave Break code. You have your Ratchet code. In fact, just Platinum Ratchet already. You keep saying, oh, I'm working on it. It's an easy plat. Get it done, I was waiting. It, listen, there are, some, there are some things in that plat that were not self-explanatory. And so I was waiting for guys to come out because what I the mistake I made was... I told you. Well, I can what, tell you what I have the Platinum. I can tell you everything you need. One of the trophies that fucked me up was the trophy for Unlock Every Weapon. 
And I thought that would have required maybe collecting every gold bolt, uh, gold golden bolt. And so that's what I've been doing. Turns out, didn't need to do that. I was on the wrong track. And so I've been wasting all this time. God forbid you just ask your friend Greg. You know what I mean? I'm out there talking about having the platinum, celebrating the platinum. You don't even ask me how to get it. You know what I mean? You're over there running your head into the wall. You just just pay attention to the game. Just uh, you know, like even I played an hour last night. What that includes the rhino gun, right? Just yeah, fucking collect I the, the rhino. I, okay. I got the rhino. It's another, it's the guns mm. that I'm looking for are guns that they, they don't tell you how to get. And mm. it's, it, sure they're in a place, like they're in a place that I would not have thought of. Actually, also a blessing. Sure like, there's, there, there are so I, many games. Them, there are so many more games. The, the, yeah, the recent, the last, pla- the ra- last Ratchet game, I probably would have figured it out, but I didn't. And have so you played the unbeatable demo? Have you played the a musical story demo blessing? Come on. You have so many games. There's so many games. I Future just class to video Gear games Drive. falling behind, it looks like. You know? I just want to play Guilty Gear Strive. That's all I want. Uh, of course, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, uh, let's see. Nanobiologist is providing us more context on Fallout 76. They announced their 2021 roadmap uh in march including steel rain story update and worlds are changing we we reported that on that on this show um but thank you nano uh cory g says uh goggles are not glasses blessed to that i say they are the things that you put on your face to see things that's a the, so are masks they're glasses they're Should kind of call, glasses you know um so do, you put gla- do you put masks over your eyes kevin yeah with like you are know you talking about like protective masks yeah okay you know what? I mean, just to be clear, I wasn't, but thank you for that save. I <laughs> <laughs> got him. You got him, Kevin. Damn, I should have let, let you uh, hang to dry. Uh, let's see. Big Bad Beluga says, "Okay, no, we're not. We're not rocking with that one." And then, Nano in the chat saying, "There's a new uh, Kana trailer right now." Great. They put a date on it or what? We've seen Wait, enough this new, of that. Uh, what trailer? Cannon Bird to Spears. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. Uh, Kebabs writes in, and pretty much, you know, it, it, he writes into your wrong, breaking down, like, the, the thing that I need to do for the weapons, uh, uh, which I know I've now. told him. He knows now. Yeah, yeah no spoilers. I know now. I know All I do now, is ask his friend Kebab. Greg, you know? Kebabs understands where I'm coming from in terms of me not knowing where those last couple of weapons are. Uh, and so I appreciate you for that. Of course, today's Friday. We got a, a a new week of kind of funny games daily coming to you next week. The next week's hosts go like this: on Monday, it's me and Tim. Tuesday, it's me and Tim. Wednesday, it's me and question marks. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim, and on Friday, it's Greg and me. That's why we're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this, is Snow Michael Michael and Nick playing some of that young Operation Tango for a little bit before we react to the Cock Media presentation. I'm, I'm pretty sure this... it's Koch. Or, or, no, yeah, I'm going to say Koch. I'm gonna say... Yeah, it's, I've heard it's... it pronounced many ways. Of course, this it was, has been... Do it however you want. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, goggles are basically glasses.